Welcome to the Gathering Church Podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today. For more info about The Gathering, you can check out thegathering.online. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Awesome, awesome. Man, I'm going to tell you what, um, I have a really unique opportunity. Uh, I travel all around the country and even around the world, uh, you know, even be praying for us on Thursday. Uh, my wife and I leave for the country of Greece. I'm going to be preaching all over the country, uh, which would be really rad. I know, really struggling for the Lord, uh, you know, for real. But we, uh, we are going to do some vacation stuff. But I want to be for real. I have traveled around the world and around the country, and I meet so many pastors. And I'm I'm so for real when I say this. You have some of the absolute greatest pastors in the nation here with the Masons. Can you get up for the Masons real quick? Yeah, they're awesome. Like for real. Like for real. Like I, I forgot I love them. They're awesome. You guys are awesome. Thank you for your friendship, man. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a couple things, but let's just get to introduce each other for a moment. So yeah, so my name is Ty Buckingham. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And a couple things about me. Uh, first off, I am I'm married. Um, okay, there we go. Here's the thing. First service, not a single clap. The people clapping were in first service. So, you hypocrites. Um, so, uh, people ask, you know, as, as we've been married for a while, people were always asking us this question. They would say, hey, Ty, you've been married for a while. When are you going to uh, have some kids? We were asking that all the time, annoyingly so. And so, and honestly, for the longest time, we didn't know how to answer them. So when people would say, when are you going to have kids? Our answer was always, we don't know, but we practice all the time. Okay. And if, and if you don't think that's funny and you're married, you just need more practice. Okay. Okay. So, um, like, for real. So we, we do have a kiddo now. Uh, you can show a picture. Uh, so we have our son. His name is Moses. His name is Moses. Uh, so my wife and I, uh, we have our son. His name is Moses. We have a dog who's just, you know, she sucks. But it's fine. Um, we'll get to that in a moment. But, uh, but yeah, it's our family. Actually, speaking of pets, let's talk about that. Raise your hand if you're a pet person. Raise your hand if you're a pet person. Wow, like, literally everybody. So for me personally, I feel like... I feel like there's like four main types of pets, and the first one are dogs. Do we have any dog people in the room? Any dog people? Okay, okay, a lot of people. So for me, I feel like that's like the most American pet to have. Like when I imagine the American family, it's like this. It's like mom, dad, two kids, golden retriever with an American flag bandana. That's America. I remember when I when I carried that puppy into our house for the first time, I like I felt more American. Like I just felt like I needed to go and like vote for something or buy a gun or whatever you do in Ohio. I don't know. But so but I feel like it's a pretty normal pet. Uh, the singing category of pets are these. Do we have any cat people in the room? Any cat people? Okay, cool, cool, cool. So basically what you're saying is, hi, I make bad choices. And and I get it. It's a part of our testimony, it's part of our life. But God's delivered us, praise God. So so at the beginning of our marriage, we, we actually we did have a cat. We loved him a lot. He was really cool. But he had this, he had this medical condition called, oh, what was it called? Peeing everywhere. And so, and we, had, we gave him grace for way too long. And eventually, we did the Christ-like thing. You know, when you have your problems, you give it to someone else. And so we gave our cat away. He's, he's fine. I actually have no idea. But, but then we have a dog, and so we're solid now. But um, the third kind of uh, pet are these, are people who have uh, pet snakes, and I'm going to be real with you. If you're here in the room and you have a pet snake, you either have or you will do jail time. Like, there's no way around it. Like, you, you will. Like, let's say after service, uh, Matt invites me over to his house. We're hanging at his house, you know, doing whatever. And he's like, hey, Ty, there's a bathroom if you need it. Kitchen if you're hungry or thirsty. And like, Pastor Matt, like, what's that dimly lit room at the end of the hall? And he's like, Ty, I, don't talk to me about that. And I'm like, no, no, you can tell me. We've, we, we're friends. Like, what's up? He's like, okay. 
That's where I keep all my pet snakes. In this moment, I would be like, Pastor Matt has done time. <laughs> now, I might have already thought that ahead of time, but this would really concrete it, like for real. Uh, but, and then the fourth category of pets, if you're a pet person, are these are people who uh, have pet birds. And I want you to think of someone you know who has a pet bird and ask yourself this question. Are they normal? The answer is no. Uh, the answer is no every time. I've never once in my life met someone who has a pet bird. If someone's here and you have a pet bird, get ready. Wake up. Okay. Um, for real. So I remember before I got married, I lived next door to these people with these exotic birds, which meant they were twice as expensive and five times as loud. Obnoxiously so. I would go outside of my house, go in front of theirs, just going on a walk or praying or whatever, and I would hear the birds. They were so loud, you could hear them from outside the house. And one day, my neighbors, they invited me in, and so I just kind of went over there just being neighborly, and, and I couldn't hear the birds. Like, it was completely silent. And so all I could think was, like, oh, praise God, they died. Uh, but they didn't die. They didn't die. They didn't die. Chill. Okay, so then I said, I said, hey, guys, I, I can't hear the birds. The whole community usually can. Uh, where are the birds? And they pointed. They say, oh, it's in the room over there. And I saw the birdcage, which is already a funny thing because birds are made to do one thing, which is to fly. But we have them as pets. They can't do what they're made to do. They can't fly. They actually just kind of hop around. It looks ridiculous. But in this moment, I saw the birdcage. I actually saw a blanket over the cage. Now, I'd never seen this before in my life, and so I asked them, why is there a blanket over the cage? And they said, yeah, if the birds get too loud, we don't know what to do with them. We have them, but we don't know what to do with them sometimes. We put a blanket over the cage, and when we do that, they go completely silent, and it's as if they're not even there. And I don't know about you, but I believe there's way too many believers that treat Holy Spirit like he's actually a bird. Too many times what we end up doing is we have Holy Spirit, but we confine him to our cage of comfortability, or we don't know what he's doing in our life because we only see him once in a while, and so we put a blanket over him. We kind of push him, like he's in the other room, so he's in the house, but he's not of the house. And here's what I want us to do today is understand a couple things. Who is Holy Spirit really? What's his role in our life? And by him being in our life, what does that change for the people within our life? And so uh, I don't know about you, but I remember always imagining when I would picture Holy Spirit, I would picture a bird or a dove. And if I was here to even ask you to draw a picture of Holy Spirit, you'd probably draw a picture of one of a couple things, either a bird, maybe some fire for a little old school Pentecostal, or maybe you might do combination like a bird and fire. So you might draw a picture of like fried chicken. I don't know. That joke sucks, okay? I try it all the time. It's always bad. And so, but here's the thing. I grew up wondering, why is it when I see on church logos, on paintings, where it's Jesus, a halo, then a dove, I was like, why do I always see this bird? And it actually kind of comes from the Word of God. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3. If you don't have your Bibles, no big deal. We'll have it on the screen uh, for you. No big deal at all. So Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17, this is when Jesus gets baptized, and it shows us something really interesting. Uh, this is actually one of the only times in the entire New Testament where we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all together at the same time at the same place. It's one of the only times this ever happens. So and it says it like this. It says, when Jesus was baptized, immediately Jesus went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him. And, and, it, and it says this, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Say like. 
like. The word like is important because it's really metaphorical in nature. When Matthew, let's pause for a moment. When Matthew was writing this, he's writing with his earthly language to describe a heavenly moment. And he doesn't have words to describe this. So he's saying, hey, the best way I can describe this to you is it's kind of like a bird coming to rest on a branch. And so I saw Holy Spirit coming to fill and rest on Jesus. So it comes, comes on getting, and it uh, keeps on saying this, and it says in a voice from heaven, God the Father, saying this, that this is my beloved son, Jesus, with whom I am well pleased. With whom I am well pleased. And what I love about this is that because this is one of those times where you see God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, what I want us to understand is Holy Spirit isn't a bird. Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God here on earth living with inside of us to have a relationship with you. The moment you give your life to Jesus, Jesus wants to give you a relationship with Holy Spirit. And, and you might be like me, because I used to be like, well, why do I need a relationship with Holy Spirit if I already have a relationship with Jesus? And the first reason out of a couple, the first reason of why I have a relationship with Holy Spirit is this. It is Jesus' plan for you. From the very beginning, it is Jesus' plan for you to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Uh, John 16, verse 7, has this really crazy verse, um, and it's actually so crazy, I wrote a whole book about it. We'll talk about those at the end, but is this, is Jesus says this, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, or it is better that I, Jesus, go away. For if I do not go, the helper, Holy Spirit, will not come. But if I, Jesus, go, I will send him to you. This is a crazy statement to me because I grew up for so long thinking that the best thing was to be standing right with Jesus physically. But man, the disciples didn't even have 24-7 access to Jesus. He would go on walks. He would, he would go to sleep. But Holy Spirit never sleeps. He never walks away. I mean, none of that. You know what? Let me say it like this. Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't do. Holy Spirit does what Jesus couldn't do because Jesus was confined to one body at one place at one time. But then Jesus did something with his body. He died, rose from the dead, then giving us the gift that is a friendship with Holy Spirit. So instead of I, I, me trying to go all the way to Jerusalem to get one second with Jesus, Jesus did something in a moment so that all of us can have Holy Spirit all of the time, wherever you're at. So number one, it is Jesus's plan. It's Jesus's plan for you. The second reason of why I have a relationship with Holy Spirit is this. It is way better than doing life on your own. Way better. So there's this one prayer I've prayed six times in my life. And I started when I was 15. The first time I was 15, I prayed this prayer. It went like this. It went like this. Jesus, let that girl be my wife. Amen. Okay, you can laugh, but you've done it. Okay, don't judge me. Okay, don't judge me for what you've done. Man, hypocrites. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So the first time I got to tell you, it's a romantic story. So I was texting this girl, the best way to communicate to a woman. Um, that's a joke. And so I texted her and I said, hey, girl, do you want to be my girlfriend? Yes or no? That was the options. Yes or no? She responds minutes later uh, with a third option. Not yes, not no, but sure. You're so mean. 
We just met each other. We're not there yet. Don't laugh at me like that. I'm just kidding. Uh, man, it's so funny though. I was, but you know what? For me, I was pumped. I was like, let's go. I was 15. I knew everything I needed to know for my future. And I was like, this is obviously going to be my wife. So I, I unflip my phone. I put it in my pocket. I go upstairs and I go on uh, hands and knees and I prayed and I said, Jesus, let that girl be my wife. Amen. And, and we had a really interesting relationship. We had ups and downs, mountains and valleys. But eight minutes later, we break up. Um, we were too young. We were too young. What can I say? But, you know, but she's good. You know, rest in peace. She's not died, but she's dead to me. So it's fine. Uh, she broke my heart. She broke my heart. And here's the thing. I actually prayed that prayer of God let that girl be my wife. I prayed that five more times over five other women. And can I be real with you? I am so thankful God never answered those prayers. Because I've seen their Facebook and they're all crazy, okay? Um, if you're ever in a relationship and it ends poorly and you don't know what to say to somebody, you just say that they were crazy. Like, hey, what happened with you and, you and Sarah? Oh, she's crazy. Bro, I got you. Say no more. Like, they always get it. So, but here's the thing. I think we get really frustrated because I would have these moments where I would pray for this girl and she loved Jesus and I love Jesus. So my assumption was this. It has to be Jesus, which is not always the case. And so then I, I don't know if you feel like this. But I felt like this, where I was getting perpetually frustrated that God wasn't answering my prayers. But sometimes I wonder, what if God isn't answering your prayers because he has a better prayer for you to pray? Like, I used to get really frustrated that God wasn't answering my prayers. And then all of a sudden, I met this girl named Rebecca. I showed you a picture. She's my wife now. So spoiler, we got married. But I met her, and from the moment I met her, I never prayed that prayer. Number one, it didn't work in the past. Did not want to jinx this relationship. And so never prayed that prayer. But as I got to know her, and then as I started pursuing a relationship with her, now understand this, I was already pursuing a relationship with Holy Spirit, with God, and I also pursued a relationship then with Rebecca. My relationship with God did not go on pause so I could have a relationship with somebody else. I had a relationship with God, which influenced my relationship with Rebecca, and it still totally does. Man, for my, my, my dude friends in the room, if you're a husband, the best way you can be a good husband is to look at how Holy Spirit treats you. Man, Holy Spirit wants to treat you. He wants to lead you. And so the truth is, is like this. Uh, I eventually were dating for a while. And because I have a relationship with God, not because I'm a preacher, not because I'm a pastor, because I'm a normal person, Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, hey, Ty, this is the girl I want you to marry. I need some help. On the count of three, I need everyone here to say time out. One, two, three. Thank you. We got time out. Because there are some of you here, and you're like, that is all I need. I need God to speak to me, to tell me that this person is going to be my spouse. Here's the thing. Let's just say. God does. He tells you the person you're going to be with is your spouse. You do not tell them because it's super weird. You do not tell them. It's super weird. Imagine this. Imagine I'm on date number two. This is the dinner table on our second date, me and Rebecca. I sit down. She sits down. Uh, and I'm, I'm, we're having our food. And she's like, hey, how was your day? And I was like, oh, it was amazing. I heard from God today. Actually, I heard from God. And she's like, oh, that's super cool. Really attractive. You know, cool. Um, what, what did God say to you? And I'm like, well, are you in for a treat today? Um, I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, God said, you're going to be my wife. You're welcome. Uh, I promise you, if I would have done that, she would have gotten up left. I would have never seen her again. Why? Because that is straight up weird and kind of manipulative and pretty gross. 
And here's the thing. Let me say it like this, my friends. Holy Spirit doesn't give you permission to be weird. He gives you authority to be normal. He doesn't give you permission to be weird and do whatever you want. He gives you the authority to do whatever he wants to do through your life in a very healthy way. And so, uh, so then, yeah, we have this really great moment. And then eventually me and my wife, we do get married. We are married. And uh, I didn't tell her that God spoke that to me, that she was going to be my wife, until about two weeks after and into the marriage. Just want to make sure everything was solid. And then I told her. And then she's like, that's crazy. She said, on our second date, God told me that you're going to be my husband. We could have saved so much time. Um, but don't tell them because it's weird. Uh, and here's the thing is, man, it's better than doing life by yourself. You know, I used to have these prayers where I would beg God to bless my plans. But then I started having a relationship with Holy Spirit. And instead of begging God to bless my plans, I got his plans. And the plans that come from God, I don't have to beg for them to be blessed. Because any plan that comes from God is already blessed. So I go from walking and begging for the blessing to walking and having the blessing every time I, I go, because I, I have Holy Spirit in my life. So Holy Spirit, well, I have a relationship with him. It's Jesus' plan for you. It's better than living life on your own. And thirdly, it is a miraculous life. It is a miraculous life. And here's the thing. Here's what I know. In a room with this many people, there's many of you here, I'm aware that there are probably many different faith backgrounds in this room. I understand that. And so I want to let you know that strictly is this, is that Holy Spirit, man, a spirit-filled believer is just a normal believer. It's just a normal believer. And so the truth is, is this, I think there's probably even some of us, when you hear the idea, oh, Holy Spirit does miracles, maybe at one point you were taught that Holy Spirit doesn't do miracles. Let me just push a button for a minute. If you were ever taught that Holy Spirit doesn't do miracles from a pastor, a friend, a relative, whatever, if you've ever been taught that Holy Spirit stopped, it's because that person never started. The only reason they're communicating to you that Holy Spirit doesn't do miracles, if I can be really honest, is because they're trying to excuse their own lack of personal power. And what they're really doing is they're vocalizing passively their insecurity. And they're kind of like, how can you be secure in something I'm insecure about? And the truth is, the Bible's clear. Tonight we're going to talk all about miracles, healings. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I have seen personally tens of thousands of healings. And we're going to see way more tonight. And not because I'm spiritual, not because I'm a pastor or a preacher, but because I'm a normal person. And I don't know about you. Actually, I'm just curious. Raise your hand if you'd say, hey, I'm a normal person. Normal people. Raise your hand. Okay. About half the room is undecided. <laughs> we already know about you, okay? We already know. No, so I want to give you a really practical story. It happened a little while ago, but I think it's a practical story because I believe a story like this is a story for you, not just for me. So a while ago, um, I want to live a miraculous life. So uh, a while ago, I went to Walmart. Already a miraculous place. You go in for five things, leave with 55 things, over budget every time, um, but whatever. So I go into Walmart by myself, and all of a sudden, because I have relationship with Holy Spirit, I feel, I feel this nudge. Say the nudge. 
actually do this. Can you nudge the person next to you? Just give them a little nudge. A little nudge. There we go. So I feel this nudge. It's not anything physical. Uh, it's often a thought that comes to my mind. It's really like this. It's like a nudge in the right direction of life. It's a, he's kind of nudged me in the right place and where direction to go. And Holy Spirit spoke to me, not as a pastor, not as a preacher. I'm going to Walmart. I'm a normal person, okay? And so he speaks to me as a normal person. And he says this, Ty, you can't leave Walmart until you pray for someone who's sick. My response to him, yes, I can. I do all the time. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, we have a relationship. I'm real with you. I got plans. I got my agenda. But the truth is, even when I don't want to do things, I'm going to still do them, regardless of if it makes sense for my timeline, my budget, man, my ideas, because his ways are higher than my ways. And so I'm going to go into Walmart. I'm going to pray for somebody. And there's two ways to do this. For, there's a normal way and a weird way to do this. Man, the weird way to do this is to go in, if you're going to be weird, and every person you see, you're saying, hey, uh, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? You look sick. Uh, can I pray for you? That's weird, kind of offensive, and it's going to take a really long time. Where I, as a normal believer, I believe you are called to be normal believers. If God communicates to you to pray for someone, he's going to tell you who that person is. He's not trying to take you on some spiritual scavenger hunt so that you might find his plan for you. He wants what you want more than you even want it. And so what do I do? I go to Walmart, I get my shopping cart, doing my thing, get the, you know, the deodorant, the toothpaste, all the things for traveling, like an event like this. And I'm at the very back of Walmart, you know, just trying to, you know, be in the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, where all the TVs are. And so doing all that, and I'm wrapped up. I have all that I need to get. And nothing miraculous has happened. And if that's how this story ends, it's still a good story. Because that story is a story of me trying to hear God's voice better. I think a lot of us, we have these moments where God's spoken to us. It didn't work out the way we thought it was going to. So we just excuse ourselves out of ever hearing from God again. We say, hey man, God spoke to me that one time, but it didn't work out. Man, it's not that God was teasing you or tricking you. It's probably that you might not have been at a great place of reception to hear the call of God in the best way you could have. And usually what that is is a great opportunity. So the next time God speaks to you, and there's always a next time, slow down and ask Holy Spirit some more questions. Holy Spirit, what else do you want me to do? And so this time I actually did, I did hear him right. And so one more time I, I hear his voice and I hear him really specifically speak to me. What this called is, this is called a word of knowledge. There are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit he can use in any believer. Uh, I have this book called The Holy Spirit's on a Bird. I'm kind of teaching through now. And every chapter, uh, there's a whole chapter that goes through all of these. And any believer can be used in this. And what this one is called, is called a word of knowledge. Where God gives you as a believer information about someone else to bring them closer to Jesus. And so God spoke to me very specifically, and he said, hey, in three aisles from now is the person I want you to pray for. And if I'm honest, sometimes I'm like, yeah, right. Because how can you know it's God speaking and not just your own thoughts? Well, number one is this, is it rooted in the word of God? Praying for the sick absolutely is. Come tonight, it's all night. Uh, and then number two is this, I'm just going to find out. If it's rooted in the word of God, I'm going to step out in faith and see if it's God. So I do. So step number one, aisle number one, nobody. Aisle number two, nobody. Aisle number three, there's one person. It's a Walmart employee and it's the cereal aisle. And you're like, Ty, why does that matter? 
Because if my God is going to do a miracle at Walmart, he's going to do it in this cereal aisle. You're confused. I see it. I've never seen water turn to wine. Never once. But on a weekly basis, you know what I see in my house? Milk turn into chocolate milk. Praise Jesus. Okay? And so... It's a miraculous place. And so I go up to the lady, and I want this to be very practical for you. So this is how I, as a normal believer, pray for people. Uh, I walked up to this lady who I, I knew I was supposed to pray for, and I said, hey, ma'am, this might be very weird. It probably is for her. This might be very weird. I believe God is super real. I'm trying to hear his voice better, like, all the time. I have this weird feeling that I'm supposed to pray for you. Would that be Okay. Would that be okay? I want to ask for permission so that I don't make an assumption and cross a boundary that hasn't been communicated. And so I don't want to, I don't want to just see her and just walk up to her and be like, okay, in the name of Jesus. Like that would be kind of strange, kind of random. So I say, hey, ma'am, is, can I pray for you? Would that be okay? And she says, sure. And let's be honest. She's on the clock getting paid to get prayed for. Best deal ever. Better than we'll all turn out today, okay? And so it's, so it's a good deal. And then as I'm about to pray for her, I get another, what is this called, a word of knowledge, what the Bible talks about, that all believers can be used in, where God will give you information to bring someone closer to Jesus. And I said, hey, ma'am, this might be so crazy. I might be so wrong, because I might be. I, I'm wrong a lot of the times. I'm wrong sometimes. Is this, is, um, I have this weird feeling, ma'am, as I'm, as I'm just standing here with you. I had this feeling that three days ago you were in a car accident, and it messed up your back really poorly, and you're in a lot of pain right now. Does that mean anything to you? And she looked at me, and she said two words. She said, oh, snap. Say, oh, snap. Not those exact words, but pretty close. Um, yep, yep. It took you a moment. It took you a moment. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, she cussed at me. It happened. Uh, happens actually a lot when I pray for people in public. Please don't do that to me today, okay? Uh, for real. Uh, and so I, I was like, ma'am, like, what's going on? Oh, and let me say like this. I don't get offended when someone does that. Why? Because I don't expect a non-believer to talk like a believer. Praise Jesus. Amen. Okay. And so here's the thing. So I'm saying, what, what's going on? And she said this. How do you know that? She said, yeah, three days ago I was in a car accident and messed up my back. I'm in tremendous pain right now, but I have to work because I need the money. How did you know that? And the goal in this moment, you got to catch this. The goal in these moments when you pray for people, when God's moving through you, the goal is not for them to see you as spiritual. The goal is for, for them to see that God sees them. Because in this moment, what she's realizing is God sees my situation that it feels like no one else sees. And, man, and then I prayed for her, and here's how I prayed for people. Uh, oftentimes with my hands in my pockets, I prayed just like this. I said, Jesus, you love my friend. You love her so much. You died for her on a cross, rose from the dead, so, you can, so she can have heaven after she dies if she accepts you. And also, you want to give her heaven here on earth as she lives. I pray you to heal my friend. Amen. I'm not yelling, not shouting, not doing anything crazy, because um, the truth is, man, yelling never makes anything better. Like, you don't got to pretend to be somebody else. You don't got to pray like me. You don't have to pray like Pastor Matt. You don't have to pray like that, that, that TikTok person who doesn't know what the heck they're talking about. Okay, uh, here's the thing, like, for, for real. Uh, you, you know what God wants to do? God wants to empower the you you already are, not the you you think you need to be for him. You're not performing for God. You are performing from God. God wants to use through you. Man, you don't got to show off for him. He wants to show off through you. And so, uh, yeah, I prayed really normal. She, she has this crazy moment where she moves her back around. She starts to sob uncontrollably. And now, like, I've made women cry before. This wasn't new. Rude. Rude. Uh, 
but this felt different. So I asked, ma'am, like, what's, what's going on? And she says, she's like, moving her back. She's like, you don't understand. The moment you started praying for me, all the pain is completely gone. I've never felt this good. I think your God just healed my back, which I absolutely love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super cool. Yeah, that's fun. Here's the thing, though. We clap for that, but then God tells us to pray for people, and we clap back at him. Like we do, though. Like, like, oh, that's great for Ty. That's great for Ty, but we'll leave that to Ty. There's too many people to pray for for me to pray for everybody. Uh, even tonight, like, we're going to pray for one another. I'm not going to be the only one. We'll be here all night long. And I, I would love to keep hanging out with you, but I've been in Ohio for, like, a week, which is just it's just too long for anybody, okay? Uh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing, kind of. Um, but here's, here's what's wild is, um, is this. I felt this nudge. One more time. Nudge the person next to you. Just give him a little nudge. Give him a little nudge. Okay. Yeah. Here's what's interesting. Um, I felt this nudge by God, both a nudge of his power within me and then the nudge of what to do. What's funny is this morning at the gathering, I saw three different nudges in this very room in this service. Nudge number one was this. You dug right into each other. Like, that was intense. Clearly, some of you got in a fight on the way to church. You pulled up to the parking spot and you said, we'll deal with this later. And you dealt with it right then. I feel you. I see you. Some of you, second nudge I saw was one of these. little tap. That's cute. Whatever. Third was some of you didn't do it at all. I can see you. Come on. Like, for real. Uh, but here's what I want you to get. If you don't get anything... Uh, the level of nudge that you felt is determined by the level of relationship that you have. Man, if, you, if you're close to somebody, then, then great. Uh, but man, the truth is so many times I think we think, man, God isn't, isn't nudging us. But the question is this, is it that God's not nudging you or is that you've started sitting farther and farther away from him? So even when he's trying to nudge you, you've just drifted way away. But the, what's awesome about today is you can get way closer to him. And you can get way closer to him. Uh, once the disciples of Jesus understood this idea of being nudged with his power, uh, they stepped into something that was more than salvation. Uh, salvation is the absolute best thing that Jesus gives us, but it is not the only thing Jesus gives us. Jesus gives us salvation, and he gives us something with the Holy Spirit called the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's more than before. I mean, before you have Jesus in your life, you are an empty vessel. When you give your life to Jesus, then you are filled with Holy Spirit. But then when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, there's this overflowing into every area in your life, and the disciples received this gift. Jesus actually says that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this nudge of power, is a gift. Jesus says this in Acts chapter 1. He says, go and wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. Uh, and he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says the baptism in the Holy Spirit, or this nudge of Holy Spirit, kind of same thing, is really this. It is a gift that Jesus has for all believers. And then he defines what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he defines what that gift is. And he says, the gift you receive is this, you will receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I mean, he basically says, where you are in your home, to the other places in the world you'd think you'd never go, he wants to empower you to be a better witness through his power. You know, for a long time, I thought uh, being a witness was what we do to others, like we'd witness to others. But what God wants to empower you is so that not just that you witness to others, but that others, when they see you, they witness Jesus through you. When you pray for them, 
man, there should be miracles and people witness Jesus through your prayers. When people see your marriage, they should witness Jesus. When they see your parenting, they should witness Jesus. When they see how you do with generosity, they should see Jesus. Man, when they see your life, people should see Jesus. They should witness Jesus. And if you're here and you'd say, I'm not really great at that, then this gift is absolutely great for you today. And I want more of it. I want to be a better witness. So the first time anyone ever received this was in Acts chapter 2. And the disciples were all together in one place. And it says this, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly a, fi- uh, a sound of a violent rushing wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. And tongues divided as a fire uh, rested each- on each one of them. And then they were all filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as Holy Spirit enabled them. I love that how this ends. It says, all of them were filled. So in this moment, we have to understand is in this moment, there's roughly 120 devout followers of Jesus waiting to receive this gift that Jesus had for them. And what I love about this, what I love about this is that some of them have been following Jesus for years. Some of them have been following Jesus for months. Some of them had been very likely only been following Jesus for days. And regardless of how long they'd been following Jesus, they all were filled with the gift that Jesus had for them. So today, if you're a new believer, you can receive this gift. If you are an older believer, you can totally receive this gift. Um, I don't know about you. Raise your hand if you like gifts. If you like, if you like gifts, just raise your hand. Although some of you didn't raise your hand. Now nobody gets nothing, okay? Uh, for real. Uh, here's the thing. I love gifts, and that's why I love that Jesus says that Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are gifts to believers for the empowerment for our lives to do better things than we've done before. And so here's what I absolutely love. And if I can have my friends in the band make their way up as we transition to pray, um, is, is Jesus says that Holy Spirit baptism, this, this empowerment is a gift for you. The only prerequisite to have this is to, to give your life to Jesus, and we'll deal with that in a moment. But here's, here's kind of the question we might have is, well, how, how do I know I've received this? How do I know I've gotten this? And, and here's the thing, um, a little while ago, I've actually, a week ago, it was my wife's birthday, and I got her a gift, because number one, I love her, number two, I didn't want to be murdered, okay? Uh, so, so I got her a gift, which was good. Uh, I got her a gift, and I got her some new shoes. So I got her some cool Nikes, they're really cool. Uh, I, I was like, happy birthday, I gave her this, this, new, this shoe box, and she opens it, and imagine this, imagine the shoe box wasn't full of shoes, and all it has was a gift receipt, Imagine if my wife, on her birthday, I said, happy birthday, I love you, you're crushing it as a mom, I love you as a wife, like, oh my gosh, you deserve all the things, here's some new shoes, and she opens it up, and instead of being shoes, it's just a gift receipt. This is honestly what too many believers do with Holy Spirit. Let me kind of break it down like this. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Speaking in tongues is like the gift receipt of the gift. It's the evidence that we've received this from Jesus, that he prayed the price and he's the one who made it all happen for us. And so our goal today, you know, in the Bible, it says that they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then what happens? They began to speak in other tongues. And and the truth is our goal this morning isn't to speak in tongues, although that can happen for many of us today and tonight. Our goal this morning is strictly this, to get more of Holy Spirit than we walked in here with. And if that's our goal, everybody wins everybody wins. And so I absolutely love this kind of thing. And so we're going to pray through this because here's what I believe. I believe just like I do, we all need more of Holy Spirit. I mean, I need Holy Spirit more for my marriage, 
for my finances, for when I pray for the sick, for when I'm at Walmart. Man, when I go to a Waffle House, Jesus, pray for me at Waffle House, okay? Uh, For real. I mean, like, I need Jesus all the time, and I need Holy Spirit's empowerment every day of my life. And so here's the thing. um, The only way to receive this gift that Jesus has for you, the only way to receive the gift that Jesus has is to first receive the gift that Jesus already is. So I want us to do this. If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, we're just going to pray in our seats for just a moment. If you're here, and you say, this sounds awesome. I want Jesus' plan for me. I want a better that's, you know, I want a life that's better than doing it by myself for sure. I mean, I want to see miracles both to me and through me. But maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe it's been a while and you'd say, hey, I need to, I need to rededicate my life to Jesus. I need to give my life back to Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is not private, but it is personal. If you're here and you'd say, I need to give my life to Jesus, or I need to, I need to return, I need to give my life back to Jesus, with every head bowed and every eye closed, just so I know who I'm praying with this morning, can you just raise your hand if that's you in the room? I'd love to pray with you, my friend. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right, you can put your hands down. I, mean, I love that we had two people in the first service and we got two people in the second service. And we're going to do this. We're not going to have you come up or anything like that. We're going to pray together as a gathering family, as a church family. Because the Bible says this. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, all across this room, believers and new believers, can we all just pray this prayer with me? Repeat this after me. Say, Jesus. I give you my whole life. I know you died for me. I know you rose again for me. I know that you're pursuing me. I want to pursue you the rest of my life. I'm all in. Amen. Amen. Hey, can we do this? If you're physically able to, if you're physically able to, can you stay into your feet? If you're physically able to, can you stay into your feet? And as the band just kind of begins to just kind of start playing us to get ready for uh, just to pray and worship, here's what we're going to pray for. We're going to kind of pray for two groups of people at the same time, and we're just going to give God our best five minutes, just like five minutes of prayer. If we can give God our best five minutes, and then we'll pray a lot tonight, and that'll be amazing. We'll talk about that again in a minute. But what we're going to pray for is really, is really two things. Number one is this, is if you're here and you'd say, hey, I just want more of Holy Spirit. Number one, I'm praying for that for me. I already prayed for that this morning. I'm gonna, I prayed for it in first service. I'm going to pray it again for myself in second service. Why? Because I want more of him. I just do. Uh, so if you're saying, hey, number one, I just want more of Holy Spirit, I'd like to pray for you in a minute. I'll tell you when. The second group of people are these. If you're here and you'd say, hey, I want to receive specifically the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this empowerment to be a better witness, this empowerment for greater miracles and signs and wonders and all this very cool stuff that Jesus has for me, at the same time as those, number one, who want just more, if you'd say specifically, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, at the same time, when I tell you to in a moment, you'll come up, and just so I know who I'm praying for, put the front of your feet against the front of the stage, just so I know who I'm praying for. That doesn't change anything, doesn't like have some powerful moment because you put your feet there. It just helps me know who I'm praying for, because I, I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. I want to join with you in this. So if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, 
when I say amen, that's kind of just your cue to kind of come forward, find a place, and I would love just to put a hand on your shoulder and just pray over you just for a moment or two. So Holy Spirit, I pray this. I pray you would make this the easiest place in the entire world to feel your presence and just to know that you're real. I pray that we would receive you in a new way. I pray my friends here would hear Holy Spirit, your voice in a crystal clear way. I pray that they would be filled with you with power so that we can all leave, we can leave feeling nudged by Holy Spirit. And maybe the first nudge you ever feel is the nudge to even respond this morning. So Holy Spirit, this is gonna be a very healthy, calm moment. But Holy Spirit, I pray this would be an easy place to receive both more of you and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So if that's you, in the name of Jesus, amen. I would love to pray for you. As the band uh, starts to play through a song, here's how we're gonna pray. If you have the slides up, if you can put the last slide, we're gonna tell Jesus we wanna receive his gift, get as close to him as we can, and then whenever you feel, know, or have faith, the Holy Spirit's with you, just speak out what you feel prompting you to say. So if that's you, I would love to pray with you. Just come on up, and I would love to pray with you. Thank you for listening to today's message. The Gathering is a place where you can belong to a church that loves you, believe in the God who is bigger than you, and become who God created you to be. For updates, service times, or ways to get involved, check out thegathering.online. And if you enjoyed listening today, consider rating it or sharing it with a friend. We love you. The best is yet to come.